This is an encore presentation from Veritas Radio. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world and a warm welcome to another edition of the Veritas Show, where we bring you this closure, one guest at a time. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. Tonight's special guest is someone many of you have read about and enjoyed his books and threads at a number of internet forums. To many of you, you know him by the pseudonym of Sleeper. Lou Bolden, author of In League with a UFO and A Day with an Extraterrestrial. And before we proceed with our interview with Lou Bolden, I have someone who would like to introduce him to you. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend, John Lear. Hello, John. How are you? Hi, Mel. How's it going? You know, a few years ago, I started reading a thread on ATS called Are Extraterrestrials Real? As Real as the Nose on Your Face. When I got to page 20, I instinctively knew that this information was real. And how did I know? Well, to go back 25 years, when I first started looking at this UFO question in 1985, after having read Bud Hopkins' Missing Time, a book by uh, Bud Hopkins uh, that you could not put down because of the evidence he presented, then Whitley Strieber's book Communion came out and added truth to Bud's book. I then fell into a whirlwind of nonstop investigation, and uh, since we didn't have much of an internet in those days, it meant using snail mail and a lot of driving around for interviews. I drove throughout Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, meeting what were then the big names in ufology, Bill Steinman, Bill Hamilton, Paul Benowitz, Tom Adams, Linda Howe, Chris Lambright, Colonel Ernie Edwards, Clifford Stone, and a curious fellow named Jim Spicer, who ran a forum called Paranet and who tried to get me to go into a UFO hoax with him. I refused, but through Paranet I met Bill Cooper. And there were many others that I met and listened to, and I can safely say there weren't many UFO stories I hadn't heard. Then came the channelers like the H-Star Command and Jay-Z Knight and Ralph Piles and piles of information accumulated until I had one four-drawer legal-sized file cabinet completely full and filed with information. Then Bob Lazar came along and gave me a huge information dump. I thought that would be the end of any real secret information I would ever get. However, as I got to about page 20 on our extraterrestrials real thread, read both of Lou's books, A Day with an Extraterrestrial and In League with a UFO, 
and then the follow-on thread on ATS, then Lou's own forum, extraterrestrial speak, I knew that this information was real. Now, there are about 6.5 billion people on this planet who will never read or have this information and will stumble around, most of who don't even care what's going on, other than that they have to feed themselves and their family. For the few that do care about what's going on, they will, uh, most will read Lou's stuff and, and uh, <clears throat> dismiss it as baloney. But the minuscule amount of people I am guessing less than a thousand know instinctively that what Lou says is the truth. And one of those thousand, I think, uh, uh, as one of those thousand, I think the information is exciting, mind-expanding, stimulating, and absolutely, without a doubt, true. Secretly, I think Lou brought this information just for me, because of those thousand people I mentioned, many don't understand the true nature of Lou's information and its implication that uh, is live your life with integrity and without envy, hate, or greed. And the reason I say not many understand the true nature uh, and implication is because I see so many questions to Lou that always start out, well, what about or what if I, or well, does that mean? They're always trying to find a way around, but there are no if, ands, or buts. Live your life with integrity and without envy, hate, or greed. Now, Lou didn't answer every question and many times was evasive, but this is because he knows the limit of what we should be told. Lou once said, and I quote, all humans have the capacity to know inside their soul the first step to unlocking the information is believing that's possible. The only danger is that if you become too enlightened while on Earth, you can also become an outcast because you still have to live around people that are not. And people are uncomfortable around people that are different. Your true life is here also. What you do on this plane of existence is part of what you are, knowing that real truth is not essential, but it helps. But one of the best quotes I like uh, that Lou said was, we are each unique individuals with souls forged in celestial furnaces by God. Outstanding. And now, to put the rumor to rest, uh, John, you're not sleeper, are you? No. <laughs> sleeper. <laughs> Sleeper secretly lives in Kansas City, and I live in Las Vegas. That's right. And folks, just to let you know, I was referred to uh, to Sleeper one night when I heard John Lear talk about him on Coast to Coast AM, and ever since I could not stop. So the opportunity to to uh, interview Lou for the first time, to be on radio discussing his two books, to me it's a privilege and an honor. And to have John Lear do the introduction, well, that's the cherry on the cake. John Lear, thank you so much. Okay, thanks, Mel. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, Lou, and welcome to the Veritas Show. How are you? I'm doing good, Mel. Thank you. It's my pleasure having you on. First of all, I want to thank you for accepting our invitation. Is is this your first uh, time on radio, Lou? Uh, Fifteen years ago, I was on a radio show. We're very privileged to talk to people for the first time after a few years of being away. In the past few years... You have been active, Lou, and sharing information and answering questions at a number of internet forums. However, people have never heard of your story 
from your own voice, I believe. As a matter of fact, some people out there still believe you might be John Lear. What do you say to those? Uh, John Lear? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, obviously I've got my picture on my book. Right. And some other places, so I don't think we look completely alike. And the voices are very different, are very different too. In any event, I'm very happy that you accepted my invitation. I hope to discuss as much as we possibly can tonight, as we usually do first, Lou, on, with first-time guests and, and to put things in perspective. Give us a background, your time as a child in Italy, your time in the U.S. military, and what experiences shaped you into who you are today and why you're here on the show. Uh, well, as a child in Italy, um, it was a few years after the Second World War, and um, Italy was still a little shell-shocked. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't know, I felt fairly normal. Uh, I do remember coming to this planet, uh, being put into, uh, into the family that I grew up with, uh, I know that that's a little tough to talk about and, and for people to even believe. Um, yeah, for the layman, the layman out there listening to this, trying to explain this might be a little bit difficult. So why don't you explain what you're referring to in terms of you came here? Well, um, I remember seeing the planet uh, and then being brought into the planet. I've also, during the time that I was growing up, experienced these beings that uh, originally brought me here. They would take me from my room, and uh, we would uh, just go places. Okay. And in other words, let me see if I understand correctly. You were placed here to your let's call her a biological mother. So you were not conceived on earth where you were born. Let's, well, I don't even know if I should use the word born because that, that implies other things. No, I, I was born. You um, were born here. My, my mother was, you know, abducted and the fetus was exchanged. And In other words, was, was it her ova mixed with alien are you a hybrid, is basically what I'm trying to say, or are you a full alien? No, I think I'm a full human. Okay. And why is it that you look human? Because I am a human. And the reason why I say this, bear in mind, I, I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of conventional wisdom, from somebody who does not have or is privileged enough to have the exposure that you've had through the years. So there are aliens that look just like us, is what you're saying. Well, technically, you know, we're kind of all aliens because none of us, at least soul-wise, is from this planet. Uh, we come from other places. We are inserted into a fetus, and we start paying taxes at a certain stage in life. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying paying taxes, basically paying dues and... The souls come here. And this interview is going to be, I'm going to be all over the place. I have plenty of questions from people who have read your threads and, and your books. Let me just, again, put things in perspective. I'm going to read a portion of, of your thread that's out there. Quote, once upon a time, I was in the United States Army. 
and I not only saw alien spaceships, but I was in one. Inside the ships is real-life Alice in Wonderland stuff. Distinguishing what is real or imaginary is impossible. It's another dimension like the Twilight Zone. Perhaps everything is real, but while inside the ship, the atmosphere is like a drug-induced experience and difficult to differentiate between reality and imaginary. The minute you step out of the craft, the mind goes back to normal. Unquote. So again, to put the skepticism to rest, how are you certain this was not a dream, perhaps drug-induced mind control, or anything else the military may have tested on you? Well... The military certainly does a lot of that, and I was aware of it. But the thing is, I was in these situations for years way before I went into the military. So it wasn't like I went into the military, they started experimenting on me and and making me hallucinate with, with these alien beings and what have you. Right. It, when I was in the military, it was not like a big shock. You know, I, I, I was kind of still accustomed to what was going on in my background. I was not aware of everything because they, you know, to, to keep you where they keep you, you can't be running around talking about stuff like this. So when you say they who who blocked your memory the military or the aliens no the 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 people who brought me here the okay so-called aliens yeah uh, the military basically i was kind of a curiosity they they didn't know if i was a human or an alien they didn't really mess with me they just kind of watched me to see if i was going to reveal certain things about the ship. Curiously, I I was kind of curious about them, too. I mean, they had access to the ship. They were in the ship, but they knew very little about this particular ship. I don't know how many ships they were familiar with. I'm not even sure why I was in there with them, but there were times that uh, we were in there together. We didn't communicate they did their thing, and and I did mine. Almost like business. Don't talk, just do your job. Basically, yeah. So let me ask you, when you joined the military, did you disclose to them this? Did they find out, or did they trace this back to your early childhood? And the reason why I say this, I've had people on like Sergeant Clifford Stone, who had the military observing him from an early point in life where they suspected that he would be telepathic and eventually was exposed to alien technology, crash retrievals, etc. In your case, how did that happen? How did that transcend with the military observing you before you they joined? They knew about me way before I was in the military. I'm probably, I'm sure they even knew from day one that I came on this planet. So when you joined the military... I would presume that not that you received different treatment as any other private would when they joined, but tell us about the transition from from private life to, to military life and, and what happened the first, well, you were there for three years, am I right? All right. Okay. Tell us about your experience with the military. Well, you know, my military career was as normal as, as the next guy. I mean, I had military, you know, went through basic training 
then I went through other types of training. I um, I trained uh, as an electronic specialist. I trained uh, in. Uh, I was with an army unit. I was the tank driver. I was in uh, medical supplies. Why they put me in so many different? Of course, that was not necessarily unusual. Many military people get training in many different fields. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? No, just uh, I wanted to see what uh, your experience in the military was to see if there was anything non-traditional or just the exposure that you received. No, everything uh, pretty much normal, except that uh, every now and then I uh, got to uh, see a little bit of the paranormal side of uh, what the military's got. That's That was my question. Tell us about that. Well, that's... Um, I don't know how much of it I've talked about. I mean, you obviously knew a little bit about it. A lot of it was when I was overseas, stationed in Okinawa. Okay. Um, Okinawa basically is a few a few hours away by flight, depending on what type of craft you're on, to Vietnam. And back in those days, uh, they they were trying to reduce the... Uh, the American president presence in Vietnam, and of course they reduced the troop numbers theoretically, but they had a whole bunch of us still in Okinawa, and from there we did a few things that I still can't go into at all. And this is, of course, in the early 70s, am I right? Yeah, right. Okay, so of course in the middle, uh, during the Vietnam conflict. Uh, correct. Okay. And is there anything that you can share with us that's not uh, classified of the things that you were exposed to? Well, it's all classified. Uh, uh, the the technology, the, the 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 equipment that the United States Army had, and uh, some of the stuff that also uh, the the Viet Cong had. Um, the. the um, yeah, I can't did, talk about it. Did, did you say the Viet Cong also had access to this technology? Did, yes, they had certain access to certain types of technology. You know, for the longest time, I've had people telling me that, of course, the war was supposed to be waged, not won. And that's why it took so long. And it dragged on and on and on. Well, but, communism had nothing to do with it. Right, exactly. I'm sure that... <laughs> John Lear and you have spoken about this a lot, but I'm going to spend an hour talking about the conflict. But I've had many people that were soldiers and, and, and not high-ranking, perhaps, telling me of the things they saw. And one may think, well, you have to remember there was a, a lot of drugs involved in that, uh, in that conflict, and perhaps they were hallucinating. Uh, what do you say to them? That, that that was basically the cover-up. I mean, <laughs> drugs were were almost standard issue. I mean, yes. it, it wasn't like we couldn't have drugs. And, of course, I didn't. I stayed away from it. But, it, my God, everyone had the drugs. And, and a lot of it, basically, was probably to uh, dull the mind and uh, eliminate some of the stuff that some of these people were seeing. It was a very bizarre and crazy war. Of course, they're all that way. Mm-hmm. 
and um and and and, and of course the uh... thank you for listening to unlock the full two-hour interview including video formats downloads transcripts exclusive articles and more subscribe to veritas plus now gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008 just click subscribe at veritasradio.com because you don't want to believe you want to know subscribe now to listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material proceed to the veritas plus member section or join the veritas plus family by subscribing click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com don't forget to visit the veritas store for focused life force energy get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required and if you want to get in touch with mel want to be a guest on this radio program have a guest suggestion or have feedback just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com now proceed to the veritas plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview you don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe you want to know What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.